You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Nick Faribault. I write for Pittsburgh Sports Now About Pitt. I work at WPTS Radio Station, and I am a production assistant at ACC Network. Today, we have Chris Carter from DK Pittsburgh Sports on with us to preview this Pitt-Georgia Tech matchup on both sides, give predictions, keys to the game, key matchups, and more on this game. This one is going to be great. All that and more coming up here on Locked on Pitt. Folks, welcome to the Last On Pit Podcast. It's Friday, and you know what that means. It's preview Friday. Usually I do this alone, but I'm not alone today. I got Chris Carter with me from DK Pittsburgh Sports, Pit Beat Writer over there. Chris, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Nick. How you doing, my man? Dude, I'm doing well. I'm really excited to have you on here, man. Same. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, man. It's, it's a big game, too. I mean, GT, Pit, it's a lot bigger than it seemed it was this time last week. I mean, huge. GT gets that big win over... Uh, North Carolina, obviously, and, and you know, we kind of broke down a little bit of what GT has uh, mm. coming for him yesterday. But this pit defense against this Georgia Tech offense is kind of the focal point, I think, for for most pit fans at least. Jeff Sims went off. I mean, he went off, off. Ten rushes, t- 128 yards, three tutties, 10-13, 112 yards on the through the air and a touchdown. I mean, what do you think Pitt can do and maybe slow down a guy like a Jeff Sims? Well, one thing that I've been talking to a lot of their players about and other coaches have really emphasized is not just their athleticism, but watching, reading their keys with their eyes. You know, I I got I got this first from Corey Sanders, the safeties coach, then from Brandon Hill when we talked to him and then kind of reconfirmed with Pat Narduzzi. You know, I'm sure, you know, uh, Nick, after the loss to West through Michigan we heard a lot about how guys were trying to do too much like they were doing like guys were coming off of their assignments because they thought they were helping someone else and pit coaches wouldn't be specific about that they were like well this guy was trying to help this guy but they wouldn't say who because you know they're not trying to give away their scheme but I think we first got a really good sense this week a part of one of those things was the defensive backs and the linebackers taking their eyes off their coverage assignments and looking at the quarterback at, at Caleb Ellaby when they were facing Western Michigan. And, and one thing that Brandon Hill kind of kept pounding to us, as did Corey Sanders, and I got to ask Pat Narduzzi this during his uh, Thursday pregame press conference, was I was like, was that something that sort of coming out of Western Michigan that you guys focused more? And he's like, well, yeah. You know, he's like, you know, we, we can't have guys looking in the backfield when they're the guys that are responsible for the receivers. And I, I do, when, when I went back and looked at the tape, because uh, one thing that Corey, uh, Corey Sanders told us was he's like, hey, when we study the eyes, we look for the stripe on the helmet. Which way is it pointed? And if it's pointing in the right direction, we count that as a good eye rep. And, we, and they said they chart that, and they chart that even more now so after that game. Um, and one thing that Pitt's do, doing right now is they want to make sure, hey, every play, if you're if you're a corner, if you're a safety, you're not your eye, your stripe should not be pointing into the backfield. Your stripe should be on your man, reading your key there, and, and making sure you're applying to that. And even if the play breaks down a little bit and you're not sure where the quarterback might be, you make sure where your man is. And that's 
I think that's a big factor coming into this game and how they deal with Georgia Tech. Because you know the RPO is coming. You know that they're going to use Yates. They're going to use Sims. Whoever they want to use, it's coming in some way, shape, or form. And they saw that on tape against Western Michigan. If Pitt gets beat by it again and they don't adjust to it, Nick, you know everybody's going to be screaming about that after Saturday. Everybody, and I mean that. And listen, I, I hate to pick on a guy, but it felt like during that Western Michigan game, Eric Hallett got picked on a lot. Oh, absolutely. A lot. And it felt like every single time, you know, it's it's not his fault the scheme had him, you know, 10 yards back every time on these little slant skinny post combos uh, that he was he was covering. He still had to guard the outside, but he was playing outside leverage every time. You know, they mm-hmm. weren't even guarding inside leverage. And I saw them do that a little bit more. Like, they were switching up leverage. They were coming up a little bit more every now and then. But I do find it interesting that Hallett wasn't necessarily the only guy there playing at free safety. I mean, P.J. O'Brien actually got legit tread last week. Mm -hmm. He did good. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's New Hampshire. But I I don't know what your impression of that is. Is is your impression that maybe P.J. O'Brien is going to get legit tread this week as well behind Hallett? Or is this more of a Hallett battle still uh, type of free safety position? This is still a Hallett, Hallett battle. They really like PJ, especially Pat. Pat loves him some PJ. He loves to talk about him. And, and Sanders even talked about that a little bit too. But uh, they they want to work in PJ, but they also they don't want to overload him. You know, he's a young guy. Not that Battle else himself isn't a young guy too. But I, I do think there's a bit more respect as far as you know preparing week to week. But they they loved the opportunity to get more of those guys, those kind of reps against New Hampshire. So that's certainly something there. I'm not sure we'll see it in this game unless things either go really well or really poorly. Um, I think expect to see, you know, a lot of Hill and Hallett flying all over the field. You know, Nick, one thing that I was looking at on um, when I was in the facility and I wrote about this for DK Pittsburgh sports um, actually earlier on Thursday uh, was the top speeds on the team. Because when you go into the pit training facility in UPMC Rooney Comp Sports Complex, they have their TV that's flashing, you know, different messages to the players. But one of the things that they put up there are the top speeds recorded by players during the games. And the fastest guy in the f- field at like 21, hold on, I got this number like written into my story. Um, he ran, it was Brandon Hill. He ran 21 or no 22.93 miles per hour um and that was the fastest on the team ahead of jordan addison at 20 21.85 miles per hour but the guy right after jordan addison was eric hallett and hallett himself uh ran 21.93 miles per hour to put that in perspective uh because i went and i put this into my article when henry rugg scored that 61 yard touchdown on the bomb uh against the steelers he ran at 21.42 so they're running faster than Henry Ruggs is on a, on a, just a, a deep cross down the middle of the field on a, on a touchdown in the NFL. That's how fast these safeties are flying. They love that about them. But the biggest thing is, and I think that when you look, go back and look at the tape and you see Eric Hallett's head pointed in the backfield more oftentimes than you wanted him to, you want him on his man, not giving up inside leverage when you're in that key man coverage and you know, he's trying to run that crosser. That's what they're going to want to see out of Hallett to avoid those kind of mistakes. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with with all that. But before we go anywhere more, I want to talk about Built Bar. Built Bar has nine great flavors. Coconut, cherry, brassia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. All of them extremely tasty. And guess what? If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of all the nine flavors. So you can try it out. And all Built Bars are healthy as well as... Tasty as well. 17 to 18 grams of protein, only 130 to 180 calories, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. 
Amazing flavors, and they're all tasty, and they are all healthy. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 50% off at Built.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast, and Chris, I do agree to that. And to your point, I think this offense that Georgia Tech has, it's a talented one with Sims, Yates, whoever they have. Mm-hmm. But the quarterbacks have not shown the consistency to hit the deep ball. So if you guard the RPO in the middle of the field, I think you get exactly what you want them to do, which is what they've done in the past few games against Georgia Tech. The past two years, they forced them to throw outside the numbers, and they haven't been able to do it. And listen, I think Marquez Williams and Damari Mathis have both performed well. So has MJ Devonshire. AJ Woods has had his moments as well. Um, it's a good group on the outside. It's really the inside guys. It's really the Hallets, the Hills, those guys that you have to worry about, and obviously obviously the linebackers as well. Patricians had a few busts. Servassier, Denise, uh, he looks good in the middle, but he also looks like he's just, he's figuring it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and even Cam Bright and Phil Campbell have had a few lapses here or there. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's a defense that is young, but I, you know, the rushing attack of, of Georgia tech is kind of what their bread and butter is, but that's kind of the, the pitch strength. They're going to be running right into the teeth of that D line. Haba, Baldonado, uh, can't see. Alexander now they have Jameer Gibbs and they might have Sims and Yates can run too and they obviously have Jordan Mason they have a real three-pronged attack there on the running back side of things Mm -hmm. I mean Georgia Tech they're going to try and force them to beat them to the sideline I think right that, that, that would be the strategy, right? You know, force force them out wide, force them deep, dominate the middle of the field. That's what you want to do. Uh, it, it was really interesting because I, I, I asked Pat about this. Is like, hey, like, you know, Joe Milton got you guys in a couple, you know, a couple draws, a couple little breaks here and there. Is there a sense from your front guys like, hey, you want to be more gap responsible and maybe not be as aggressive? And he just said, absolutely not. And, and the phrase that he used was I want you to kill, not capture. And talking about like, you know, we need to be going in with the mindset and talking about his players. He's like, they got to they gotta be able to ready to kill. You know, if they're trying to capture the quarterback, if they're being patient, if they're trying to wait for him to come to them, that's when you make a mistake. That Or that's when the, the playmaker on the other side of the ball makes the play. But the, he wants his guys to be the playmaker. So expect Keyshawn Camp, Kalijah Kansi, anybody that goes up the middle, Haba, Deslin, anybody that's coming off the edge, they're going to be aggressive in this game. Granted, responsibly aggressive, but they're going to go after it. And I think it might lead to, you know, some plays where Sims might get a, get a lane, see a lane and take it and get a big play. But I think it's kind of a double-edged sword, whereas like Pitt's going to gamble that that style of play will produce more plays for it and more turnovers than it will give up big plays that open the game up for, for Georgia Tech. And to be fair, they've had pretty good success on that recently. Yeah, Georgia Tech put up a very impressive performance against North Carolina. I it think did. it was just Jeff Sims, I would assume would be the starter after what he did in that game, but you don't really know, which is I think the very interesting thing. So I know that Pat Narduzzi has talked about, Hey, we're planning for both him and Yates. We have this kind of dual pronged thing that we have to do this week and, and make everything kind of perfect. But I I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's a talented Georgia tech team. I'm not sure I'm super scared of their receivers, which is a good thing, I think. I'm not really mm-hmm. scared of their receivers. I'm scared of Jameer Gibbs. I'm scared mm-hmm. more of Jeff Sims himself. I'm scared more of Jordan Mason, that backfield. But, again, that's pitch strength. If you're pit, you want them to run the football a lot because, quite frankly, the only team that's been able to run the football against them so far, really, has been one Western Michigan after they passed 20 times for yeah. explosive plays. And then it was Hendon Hooker and literally just Hendon Hooker small those guys <laughs> didn't do anything it was just tendon hooker so yeah. really they 
I mean, this rush defense, I think, is the strength of the unit. So I think they should be able to at least keep things going. And, and that's what you have to do. Neutralize the run game, neutralize the middle of the field, and then pretty much just force them outside the numbers. And then it's it's a heave and pray game at that. The, the, that's where that's where I think yeah you're right that you take away their strengths you take away what they what they like to do um, and you can't take away every play sometimes you know like we always say other teams can make plays you know there'll be a couple blocks that I'm sure that, they, that they'll probably get and they'll get the seam that they want but you have to trust your defenders to play their style of football and that's what styles make fights man that's what that's what we talk that's what you and I often talk about when we're at the Steelers facility we're, we're just shooting it up about 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 a, you know film and tape and anything that we're seeing but I, I really think a lot of this comes down to can they control the gaps? Can they force these quarterbacks? Because like, like you said, these guys, they're not like Caleb Ellaby. Caleb Ellaby was dotting up pit left and right here and there and is able to hit these guys. And like you said, they also don't have a Crooms who was playing very well for Western Michigan. And I, I think Western Michigan might be a better program this year than most people give it, give it credit for. Uh, and, and not to excuse Pitt for losing that game, but like comparing that, to what they're about to face here in Georgia Tech, I, I think it's going to be a lot closer to a Joe Milton type style style of play than uh, than a Caleb Ellaby because Ellaby has the accuracy to make you pay if you mess up on your leverage if if you give him a place to throw his receiver open to. Uh, but you know Milton, we saw in the Tennessee game when he had guys open, he couldn't hit them. And not to say that uh, that Yates and Sims will definitely be that bad, but I don't think that, I think it'll be somewhere between a Milton and an LLB and closer to a Milton than an LLB when it comes to their accuracy. So it's going to be about containing, taking away the things that Georgia tech likes to do. Like you said, more of the over the middle stuff, more to the flat stuff, you know, but less so the deep shots that, that Pitt has been prone to giving up in recent years. Yeah. And I, I completely agree with that, but I do want to shift over to the offensive side of the football, but first let's talk about bet online ag they're back and better than ever as all the teams are back on the gridiron bet online is still your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season there's even more odds props and contests this season and bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football so head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit don't forget to use our promo code promo code locked on to receive your bonus Again, that's the promo code locked on to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, college football fanatics, have you ever heard of Prize Picks? Because Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I know you will love this. I love it too. It's great for everybody. It's the leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone else in the world. And they offer all those star players from the Power Five. But also, under the radar, mid-major players you might not have even heard of. Anything from yardage, interceptions, touchdowns, all that and more. There's all those prop bets that you can take a shot at. So all you have to do is deposit and use the promo code to receive a 100% instant deposit to match up to $100. Just be sure to use our promo code locked on. Again, that's promo code locked on, and you will receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win it up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus those projected numbers. And guess what? You can do cross sport. So you can do one on Jordan Addison, and then on the same day, you can bet on. If the MLB players are still going on, uh, Aaron Judge hitting a home run for the Yankees. You can do all that stuff 
Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. This is something that Pitt just hasn't faced. They really haven't faced a good defense. I mean, Tennessee's mm-hmm. defense really isn't great. Western Michigan's is awful. And they really went in spite of their defense. Although Western Michigan did hold, they did hold San Jose State to three points. True. So maybe that's more impressive than you would think. But other than that, it's UMass and New Hampshire. So <laughs> Kenny Pickett's playing like legitimately maybe the best quarterback in the ACC right now. And yeah. he's been that good. But the Georgia Tech defense just took Sam Howe and his crew in a very it's a it's a very when you look on paper the explosive play stats unc to pit very similar mm-hmm. so it's a different scheme obviously both of them are different schemes but very similar type of offense pits a very explosive offense this year we've never really seen this type of pit offense at least that i can I remember um but you know they have talent wanya thomas uh they have quest jackson on that unit uh they have charlie thomas jared ivy jaquan griffin this is a mm-hmm. talented georgia tech defense that has shown that they are legitimate at least to a degree that they can stop Sam Howe so what's the key I guess for Kenny Pickett or do you think Kenny Pickett and crew are going to crack this code are they going to crack that Georgia Tech defense one one thing I I I want Pitt fans to put in perspective you know when you see you look back and you see man Sam Howe got sacked eight times that's insane but North Carolina's offensive line we talk about how bad it's the Steelers offensive line is right North Carolina's offensive line was having some real problems because before that game, Georgia Tech had two sacks. Like, it, it, it's not like they're getting six, seven, eight sacks a game. They really exploded last game. And that's not to discredit them. You know, you know they, they played it tough. They held Clemson to, to 14 points in an 8-14 to 14 loss. Um, but this is a game where, much like I said before, styles make fights. You cannot allow that pressure to, to get to you. You, you know, you, you cannot be a guy who comes out and uh, you cannot, you, you can't allow you know Georgia Tech to take you out of your offense and, and and stop you from being the Kenny Pickett. Go and hit Jordan Addison, hit the big play. Trust Lucas Crawl over the middle, you know. And 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 when you get the chance, hit Taysier Mac, hit the hit the you know hit your playmakers. If Jared Wayne's healthy this week, also we did get confirmed from Pat Narduzzi, Owen Drexel will be back for this game. He said that Owen Drexel will play. He let that slip in his uh his uh, press conference on Thursday. So there's that. But you know like. This Georgia Tech defense isn't, you know, phenomenal. They're 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 decent. They have talent. You know, they're, uh, you know, they have even with those eight sacks, they're still ranked sixth in the in the ACC. They're still behind Pitt um, in, in 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 sacks right now. So you know, I I look at you know what the what they're doing right now. You know, they they have the eighth best defense in the ACC. You know, actually just right above Pitt. You know, so Pitt's gonna have to watch. Georgia Tech's want to be aggressive. They're going to want to, you know, try to, you know, scare Kenny out of doing the things that he normally does. But if, if I'm if I'm Mark Whipple and if I'm Kenny Pick, I'm going to this game like, man, you're going to have to stop the bomb. You're going to have to stop us from air, air mailing this all over you guys. And then if they try to adjust to that, if they back out of it that and, and then you see that aggression lessen, that's when I may try to work Vincent Davis, who had a career day of what, like 230 some plus rushing yards against Georgia Tech last year. And and then working Izzy, because I think Izzy also got some, you know, some really good, uh, some momentum in his last game against New Hampshire to bring that run game at back. So that's what I see happening in this game offensively for Pitt. 
Go to your strengths and do not let Georgia Tech scare you out of it. If they do, then you're in trouble because that has been the answer for all three of Pitt's wins. And even in the game that they lost to Western Michigan, what kept them in it was Kenny Pickett just doing what he does. Listen, I think you look at that, and, and I completely agree. First of all, Sam Howell didn't – in the stat line, the box score for Sam Howell doesn't look too bad. I mean, other than the eight mm-hmm. sacks, two touchdowns, no picks, 64% completion percentage, 146.9 QB rating, like 306 yards, 25 of 39. Those aren't bad stats. Mm-mm. You just you want to know the difference in the game. They ran the ball – they ran the ball 35 times. 35 rushes for 63 yards. 35 rushes. That's not even two yards per carry. Yeah, it's not even two yards per carry. So my thing is, the one thing that you hope you don't get caught in this trap of is, oh, we just had a good game on the ground Mm -hmm. against New Hampshire. Don't come in here like the Tennessee game, for example, when they came out a little bit gun shy, didn't put the ball in Kenny Pickett's hands immediately. You know, it was a run-run pass type thing. Come out guns a-blazing. Just throw the football. Let Mm -hmm. Kenny Pickett be Kenny. Get him out in front. You, then you can mix in the run here and there, but you don't need to establish Vincent Davis or Izzy until later in the game, until Kenny opens up those run lanes for this team. And I think that's the one trap I'm worried about. Mark Whipple kind of can get stuck in that trap. They had to come back in Neyland because of that. Luckily, he adjusted, and I think he's starting to understand that Kenny's Kenny and just let Kenny be Kenny. But... That could be something that, you know, is an issue, I think, maybe on the play calling side. Just don't get caught in that trap. Right. No, I agree. You play, uh, you know, don't get caught in the trap. You know, go, again, go to your strengths. Trust trust that that, that your receivers are going to win their one-on-ones. Um, you know, do read, you know, and still read what they're doing. Read the safeties. See where they're trying to flow their, their, their coverage to and pick at that. But, again, Kenny Pickett's shown that. You know, Nick, I don't know about you, man, but if – if I'm a national person who might not pay attention too much to Pitt, I might see Kenny Pickett still having this many touchdowns. If he's going into next next week with a W against Georgia Tech, four and one as a record, still ranking, you know, right now he's tied with the second most passing touchdowns in the country. If he's still in that top three, top four, top five, and now he's just diced up Georgia Tech, who gave Clemson and North Carolina problems, who've both been ranked this year. Does this to you start to put Kenny on the real national watch circles of award seasons and maybe even draft boards? Because you and I, we, we talk about it, but again, you know, you're pit, I'm pit, we're here. This is our beat, but this, this is different when national guys, they might have to recognize this. Listen, after what Georgia tech did last week to Sam Howell, yeah. and they're going to compare this because they're two ACC quarterbacks if Kenny Pickett can come out, go to Atlanta, as Howe did, mm-hmm. and dice up the defense that Howe couldn't dice up, absolutely. And then he leads them to a win in Atlanta. I think it really starts to pick up if they go to Blacksburg and beat them, too, and Kenny has a great game. And then if they somehow also beat Clemson on top of that, then you watch out. I think yeah. they'll start to be, I think there's going to start to be a little bit more buzz though heading into the bye week if he does go to Georgia Tech. Cause this now, this game is getting talked about like legitimately a little bit higher regard, right? Like this game has intrigue from just outside Pittsburgh and Atlanta at this point. All the ACC teams are watching this because this has a lot of implications in the coastal mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's a legitimate big game now. Kenny Pickett put a lot of people on notice when he, when he did what he did in Knoxville. People already started to notice that he's still kind of a punchline, though. You see people kind of say, 
oh, he's Kenny Pickett. This is not the same Kenny Pickett I think that you've seen, even in 2020. Mm -hmm. This is a different Kenny Pickett. He's more efficient to all three levels of the field. His deep ball is much better. And the O-line, the O-line might not be a great run blocking unit, but they're a pretty good pass protecting unit. So you have this, this team, this offense that's swirling around. Yeah, I think if they win this game and he puts up big numbers, you're going to have to start talking about what Kenny Pickett's doing. And you're going to also have to start talking. Listen, Pitt's going to have the pressure on them at that point too because you know it's a wide-open ACC. So if they have the best quarterback playing right now in the ACC, which honestly they probably do. I mean, maybe not in terms of NFL projectability, but who's played the best this season? It's probably been Kenny Pickett. You know, I wouldn't argue with that. Kenny Pickett's been phenomenal. Um, Nick, I'm sorry. I'm just – the more I I think about, like, the potential that this season has for Pitt, I I always – you know, I always thought coming into this season – you know, with 27 seniors, with this being the seventh year for Narduzzi, with Pickett returning, I'm like this had to be the year that they got nine plus wins. And uh, but the more and more you see, just like the way they put up points, and, and yes, I yeah, I get it. UMass, New Hampshire, Western Michigan, not being a good Tennessee, still you know an SEC team, but not the SEC team. Uh, you know, not one of those top programs that, that that you go after, but still putting up that many points four weeks in a row—that's consistency. And we have not seen consistent offense in Pitt ever. Like, like, like not even before the Narduzzi days, man. Like it, it's, it's to see this is ridiculous. And it gives, you know, I, I know Pitt fans are reluctant to give hope to anything because Pitt fans hopes get crushed faster than anybody's, but there's a legit sense of hope that if they could put up the numbers against Georgia tech and get the W and then first of all, if they do that and they beat Georgia tech, there will be national attention on that Clemson game. And if you win that Clemson, well, if I'm, oh, well, I, they got to go through Virginia Tech. I'm not, I'm not sleeping. Even if they are, say, four and two going into Virginia Tech and that offense is still putting, or going into Clemson and that offense is still putting up numbers, people will be paying attention. And if they can win a game like that on a national stage, where and not just be the plucky we are just happy to be here upset over Deshaun Watson like they did five years ago if they put do but you know, put that on and even though Clemson's not Clemson right now they're they're they're, they're you know they're they're kind of they're, they're kind of reeling at the moment it will give them that picture that everyone will have to respect Pitt for what they've been doing and uh, and maybe give them opportunities to get better chances down the line it's set up listen it's set up for them to run the table it is i mean every they have a legitimate chance to win the acc they do you look at the other side of the bracket too uiagagalay is not playing well phil i think boston college looks great but jerkovic is out he's out yeah yeah so i i mean going into the acc the only two quarterbacks on their schedule right now that you can say in my opinion have a legitimate chance to duel with kenny pickett or how and you uiagagalay no disrespect to Derek king but Kenny's a Kenny's a different, different beast. No, yeah, different, different, different guy entirely when you step when you study his game. But I agree with you. Pickett's put him right there in the conversation for best quarterback in, in the conference and one of the best in the country if he keeps this up. Yeah, I don't want to forget Brennan Armstrong. He's been great for Virginia. <laughs> yes, um, yes. Don't don't want to don't want to slight him. Uh, have Virginia fans in my mentions here. <laughs> um, but okay, I do want to talk prediction. I mean, what are you feeling for what's going on down there in Atlanta? You think Pitt's going to come out with the win? You think they're going to come back in their bye week at 4-1? and I do think Pitt gets the W in this game. I think it's offensively led. I actually think this is going to be more of a, a, a shootout than, you know, than when you look at the defenses. You're like, oh, they got talent on, on that side of the ball. I, I think both teams are going to spring some big plays in this one. But I, I got Pitt winning this one, I'll say, 
in the range of 41 or 39 to like, mm, like 28, 31 range. Like I, I think that Georgia tech puts together some touchdown drives. Um, but I do think this is a game where Pitt gets some turnovers that work in their favor. Um, and then that allows the offense to kind of pile on and eventually pull away from this. And I think you'll see a late surge from Georgia tech uh, with some of their, some of the, some of their offense and some of their, their speed that they'll be able to rely on. But um, I, I do think Pitt wins this, goes four and one into the bye, then, and then gets a gets a nice long two weeks to prepare to win on the road at Virginia Tech. Which, uh, Nick, I don't think they've won on the road against Virginia Tech in like five years. I I, mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time they did it. That's how crazy it is. It's it's a rough series for them to go to Blacksburg. Um, but I, I I agree with you. I think they're gonna win this game. I I think I just think they match up well against Georgia Tech. Like mm-hmm. they have the the. I don't think anyone can match the man to man overall. So, and I just don't see them completely slowing down Pickett in the offense. And I think the defense, as we said, I think it matches up pretty well. Overall, they're going to force – Narduzzi's defense is good at, at mitigating what bad quarterbacks can do. Simply mm-hmm. put, he's got a good idea of how to beat bad quarterbacks. Yeah. We've seen it before. And I, I don't – not to say Sims isn't great or Yates isn't great, but these guys are not Sam Howe or LB or, or those types of quarterbacks. So I, I agree. I think it's going to be a shootout. I'm going to go 45 45- – to 28 i think that's a, a reasonable that's score all right chris before we get out of here man plug your stuff where can people find you you can follow me on twitter and instagram at carter critiques if you want to get all my takes i host the locked on steelers podcast monday through friday keeping you up to date with your pittsburgh steelers i, I do the h2p podcast for dk sports.com it comes out on sundays so if you ever want a, another reaction podcast to a pit game along with nick do, do, do join that as well. Nick does a great job here, so stay tuned with Locked On Pit. We have a lot of great stuff at the Locked On Podcast Network. Um, I also write for DKPittsburghSports.com, so if you want to read my work on pit football, basketball, and anything else there, and my film work on the Steelers, go check that out. You can also uh, watch my content on WPXI, where I'm also doing fantasy football, high school football, and the final word on Sunday. So lots of stuff there, Nick. Sorry for uh, for plugging so many different things. No, no, no. Great. Go check out everything Chris said, including Locked On Steelers. Make sure to leave five-star review he does great work over there as well and folks before we get out of here make sure to check out the locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling get daily picks blowout specials and wrong team favorite picks and also lee sterling's lock of the day on the locked on bets podcast follow the locked on bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts all right folks thanks for listening and as always hail to pit